So I'm excited after my conversation mm-hmm. uh, with Wanta, I, as you heard in there, I was really excited. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to celebrate Juneteenth this year. I'm going to order a flag. So I ordered a flag. I'm hoping it comes this week. Yeah. Because Juneteenth is this weekend and I want to have it up for a couple of days and a couple of days after. Um, but yeah. I also, I had asked for a new flagpole for Christmas because the flagpole that we had is really old and rusty and just kind of gross. And I, it had one of the, a rope on it, but it didn't really work all that well. It just was like, I, I want a new one. And so I got a new one and I'm really excited because I got it up this weekend. Nice. Installed it and everything. And, um, and it, it's a two flag flagpole. So I can have my U.S. flag and then something else with it. Cool. Right. So yeah. I can put up the Juneteenth flag. I can up, I can hang up whatever kind of flag I want. Um, in mm-hmm. addition to my, my U S flag boxer shorts, I can put up boxer shorts. I don't yeah. wear underwear though. So it's fine. Yeah. I was thinking if those flags are up there, I can see it from my window. If they're hanging out, what do they say to each other? Here's the problem is that <laughs> I knew this was, I, I didn't know what it was going to be. I knew it was oh. coming and shame on me for taking. <laughs> All of what I said was true down. though. All of what I said was true. Now comes the fun part. Those Shame two flags are hanging up there. What do they say to each other? And, I, and then I thought, well, they don't say, say anything, dummy, because they're flags. They don't talk, but they do wave. Oh. So the thing is, everything that I said was true. I did order a Juneteenth mm-hmm. flag. I'm excited to get it as soon as I can and put it up. Um, but I also wanted to have some fun because that was my pun from yesterday because yesterday was flag day also. Yesterday was flag day. Yes, it was. So all of that is true. But then I had to have a little bit of fun in there. So thank you for you're silly. I don't please do not thank me because to thank me is going to trick people into thinking that I I helped in some way that I was a part of that. And I didn't you didn't help, but you do accept me for who I am. And that's the beauty of being so progressive as you are, is you accept me. That's one of my favorite. Um, the, the friends joke that I think of the most often is the um, this the joke with Joey's wearing a purse and um Rachel says it's unisex and Joey says, maybe you need sex. I had sex this week. And she goes, no, Joey, you and I sex. And she goes, I wouldn't say no to that. <laughs> That's my first favorite joke. All right. <laughs> my second favorite isn't even a joke. It's just when um, Ross and Rachel have already broken up and Rachel goes, you need to accept that. And he goes, accept that what? And Rachel goes, no, accept that that's what i was just thinking of see my favorite joke is the uh moo, the moo point <laughs> joey says that's a moo point you know like a, or he goes it's a cow's opinion what do you it's a what you know a moo point it's a cow's opinion it doesn't matter so obviously we're friends nerds too we should not do a podcast about friends no, so i think that there are prob- probably plenty speaking as somebody who has another podcast about dawson's creek and didn't bother to look up whether or not anyone was doing it spoiler alert others have <laughs> Uh, I'm sure. Whatever That's right. Every, listen, everything, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. Everything's been done somewhere. Um, just because it's been done doesn't mean it shouldn't be done before. And I'm on this whole kick right now about podcasts that people are like, well, it's, 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 you know, there's too many podcasts. It's already been done, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How many books are written every year? Yeah. How many pieces of art are created every year? How many still lifes can you really have of a bowl of fruit? But guess what? People still create. Yeah. So just keep creating. Don't let somebody tell you that's already been done. So if you want to do a podcast about Dawson's Creek, do it. And you did. So there you go. Also, like, do the thing that is authentic to you because, uh, you know, don't just do it because you think this will be the thing that gets you X, Y, or Z. 
that's why we do this show because it's authentic to us and nobody cares but us. Um, <laughs> but for those three listeners who are listening, why don't we go ahead and get into our intro? Yeah, let's do that. 20 go minutes ahead. later, let's introduce the show after you, um, my friend. It's fine. It's a cold open. Uh, so <laughs> welcome to My America. Sure. <laughs> uh, well played. <laughs> so yeah, I'm the only one with dad jokes. Okay. So anyway, uh, welcome to My America. I am Dan Moyle. I am half of this amazing dynamic duo. I'm the uh, the not so amazing half, but I will take that. Um, I am a Michigander, cisgender, heterosexual, white male, um, blended family dad, marketing professional, and I love talking about politics and societal things and tackling these big issues through through my lens because I love our country. And I think that we can have discussions that can fire us up, but also we can agree on stuff. And we're finding a lot of that. Um, so that's who I am and what I do. How about you? Oh, me? Yeah, you. Little me? Little young Not- me? No, little young me. Um, I am Kim. Don't shake your head no the at dis- that. The disincredulous <laughs> look on my face. Is that a thing? Anyway. Those listening are like, I don't understand, but yeah, young. I'm very young and I just had a birthday. I'm aging backwards like Benjamin Button. Um, My name is Kim. I am a white cisgender female, heterosexual female living in Los Angeles. So it's very important to me that I age backwards and I stay young forever because of an industry that that runs that way. Um, I am a liberal. I'm here to argue with Dan and to correct him. That's not true, but I am going to correct him here. Um, He is normally 50% of the show. I think that we try our best to split it depending on what we're talking about. He's 75% of this episode because unfortunately I did not have the privilege that he had to be there with this interview. Um, I listened back as we talked about at the top of the show and really enjoyed it. But um, unfortunately scheduling things happened and I was yeah. not able to to be there in this interview. But, but I'm, I'm so grateful, like not to sound like I'm really, you know, kissing your, your ass or anything, but I'm grateful that you trust me with these and, you know, as partners, you allowed me like, yeah, go for it. Of course. And yeah. so, um, I'm grateful that we can do that with, with, uh, our show. Yeah. Wanta was absolutely amazing. Um, I dude, I, I, I love social media and here's why when we started talking about this idea, we looked at our calendar and we're like, well, gosh, a few days ahead of time, we've got, you know, an episode coming out a few days before Juneteenth. You know me, I'm always saying, gosh, we, <laughs> you derail me all the time. I know. I'm sorry. Worst. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. You are, worst. but you're also the best. It's fine. Oh, um, it's fine. I'm sorry. But we looked at, we looked at the calendar. We're like, oh, look, Juneteenth is coming up. We should do a podcast, an episode about that. And then, and then I realized I don't know much about Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. And so I put out there on Facebook, just this post said, Hey, if anybody out there celebrates Juneteenth with their family, I'd love to have a conversation with you and learn um, and maybe even do a podcast fully understanding in my mind, reading between the lines. Hey, I'm a white guy and know nothing. If you're a black American and do this, talk to me, but I didn't want to make it quite that obvious. I still hesitate when I talk about race because mm-hmm. I realize that black folks know they're black. <laughs> I'm not dumb, but I also know that like, it's just sometimes kind of a touchy subject. And so anyway, needless to say, one of my friends commented and said, Hey, Dan, I have a friend uh, over near Chicago who I grew up with uh, and their family celebrates it. And she knows what she's doing. She's also an educator. Can I connect you to? And I was like, well, heck yeah. So this guy, Patrick, whom I volunteered with, he was the marketing director at the air zoo in Kalamazoo. And when I used to, when I, when I used to run Talons Out ground crew, um, I was co-founder of that organization, the honor flight program we had some partnerships with the air zoo. So Patrick and I got to work together a few times. Awesome dude. Uh, and he connected me with Wanta and said, Hey, why don't you guys talk? And so we did. And 
Yeah. So grateful. What did you, what did, what was your take on the conversation? What did you learn from it? I mean, so much, first of all, I, I knew a little bit about Juneteenth, uh, just kind of the, the bare bones facts of it, but only embarrassingly only recently, which is embarrassing yeah. for, I say embarrassing because it's, you know, I love history. I love reading about history, learning about history and am very aware that we only know the history that was written, primarily the history that was written by white men. So mm -hmm. there is a lot of history that gets um, kind of ignored or made smaller or not discussed at all because of who's writing the books. And, and now that we are trying to expand what we're reading and the information that we're taking in, you know, I'm learning more and more happily. And, and so um, Juneteenth is a just within the last couple of years, something that I have learned about. I did not realize so many things happened on June 19th. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's pretty listening to her lift list off things was pretty incredible also. And I just love the idea of it being, you know, it is all of our history. It is our nation's history. It is a really important part of our nation's history. And I think that often it's a tricky thing that we do here in this country. And by we um, white people do here in this country is that we you, you cannot argue with the way that our country was built and who did the building and right. who did the stealing. These are just facts. They're inarguable facts. Clearly, it's clearly it's wrong, first of all. And clearly we know it's wrong because white Americans try to pretend like it didn't happen. So you can't have it both ways. You can't pretend it didn't happen, but also by pretending it didn't happen, it's like this quiet admission of guilt too. So it's like, which right. one are you going to do? Um, and so, you know, the more that we're learning and, and just not discovering about our history, but, you know, the more that things about our history, important things about our history that come out, you know, we should be treating Juneteenth as a holiday for our country, I, I, as a national holiday for our country. Mm -hmm. And but of course, right now we won't because we have um, people in the office who make these decisions aren't even willing to admit that facts are facts. Right. So, yep. but I, I, I was fascinated by the entire thing. Very, very, uh, I, I learned so much, obviously she's an educator, so this is what she does. Um, so I learned a lot. I also just felt so inspired and fired up and just, yeah, it was great. Yeah. I, well, one of my favorite parts was when we were talking about it and like what you just described about it being a national holiday, I'd always thought of it as a, a, a black holiday, right? This is what, you know, black people celebrate and, and I want to be able to celebrate it, but should I be concerned that I'm appropriating? And she was like, Oh my gosh, no celebrate. This is our hot. This should be everybody. I was like, okay, cool. And then she made the comment now Kwanzaa, keep your hands off. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I loved yeah. her realness, her honesty, her willingness and generosity to, to educate me and, and our listeners. Um, the fact that, again, the fact that someone can talk about these things who are sometimes they're atrocious and it's traumatic to bring these things up and to say to white Americans, here's where things went wrong. This is hard, et cetera. For her to be so willing and generous with that time was, was incredible. So I'm so grateful. Um, so yeah, you want to show, shall we introduce her and, and kick this off then? Let's yes, please. Over to it. Um, her name is Wanta Griffin and she is a multicultural learning coordinator at Oak Park Public Library over near Chicago, but she's also the driving force behind the Juneteenth celebration in Oak Park um, and just so much going on. So Wanta joined us. So let's uh, let's listen into my conversation with Wanta. So Wanta, thank you so much for being a part of our conversations at My America. I am so grateful for social media because 
I would have never connected with you if it wasn't for my social media friend, Patrick, who was a mutual friend of ours and said, when I put out there on Facebook, I want to talk to somebody about Juneteenth and I don't have the background for it. And I was really careful. I'm, I'm always very cautious of how I say things. At least I try to be. Um, I didn't want to just say, hey, I'm white and I want to find somebody who's black to talk about Juneteenth. Um, but fortunately, people knew what I, what I meant. And so Patrick said, I have a friend who I think would be perfect. And you agreed. So Wanta Griffin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So let's start with a little bit about what Juneteenth is. And you can, and this is all, this is all your conversation. If you want to talk a little bit of, of history and facts or talk about what it means to you and your family, wherever you want to start, what is Juneteenth? Okay, well, Juneteenth is a holiday. It's the oldest holiday that celebrates African-American freedom. It commemorates the, the freedom the, of the enslaved people in our country. For me, it means all of the good things, right? All the things that we say that we value in our culture, freedom, you know, liberty, and the American dream for everyone, especially for enslaved uh, Africans yeah. that uh, lay the groundwork for our country. Or built our country's wealth. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Built our country's wealth. How do you and your family celebrate? How what has this meant to you over the years? Well, my family, when I was growing up, my family didn't celebrate Juneteenth. So of course, I went away to college, and I learned about Kwanzaa and Juneteenth, and I was really interested in all of these African American holidays. Really trying to find my identity because my family was very much, um, they weren't exactly pro-Black. They weren't exactly supportive of the Black movement and things like that. They were very, they were of the mind of thinking, you just work really, really hard and that's what you do. You work really hard and that's how you get ahead in this. You go to school, you get an education, you get lots of education and education is the great equalizer and you'll, you know, accomplish things. And so, they didn't spend a lot of time talking about the past because they believed in leaving all of that behind us. That that happened. Those bad things happened. Now move on because that's the way they were taught to assimilate into white culture and white society and American society, um, which to just become as American as they could be. Mm-hmm. My father is an immigrant from Thailand. My mother is black. And so we really spent a lot of time fighting racism without the understanding of knowing that to fight racism, you must actually have a sense of who you are in the past. That whole Sankofa, Sankofa is an Indinkra symbol from Ghana, and the Sankofa bird represents uh, using the past as a vehicle to the future. And so without knowing those things, without knowing that history, my family really wasn't able to, in my youth, teach us that. So I had to learn all of those things on my own which was fun yeah. and exciting. And when I got a hold of it, I was like on fire with it. So I wanted to discover all the things yeah. and uh, dig deeper. And so when I got married, uh, well, before I got married, because my husband and I dated for eight years. Well, we met in Longfellow School in fourth grade. And then we went to college and then we got married. And then when we had kids, we wanted to bring our children up with all of this rich history. We wanted to be a part of their lives, like breathing, like Christmas, like Thanksgiving. Yeah. And so we... Um, introduced Kwanzaa and Juneteenth and all of these things to them. They grew up with Pan-African flags in the home. They grew up with all of these different symbols because we know that symbols, people say, well, this is just a symbol. It's just a symbol. But symbols create an idea and ideas. They found movements and movements make changes in our country. So I wanted to make sure that my my children always grew up with symbols of freedom and and knowledge of self. What does that look like today then when Juneteenth comes around each year? Do you have a celebration? Do you honor the holiday? Is it 
somber? Is it celebratory? What does that look like? So in in my town, my hometown of Oak Park, Illinois, I grew up here with Pat. (laughs) Uh, What I did was I, we celebrated, we started with an education, right? So uh, me and a friend of mine, his name is Anthony Clark. We started having just educational things at the library so that families could come and learn about Juneteenth. It's offering the education. And then it went from that to poetry jams and sessions at Live Cafe. Then it went to having a filming of Independence Day with all of the residents of Oak Park uh, coming to see that and then talking about Juneteenth and talking about freedom. And then it went to having our first Juneteenth cookout, which was just uh, all of... Um, you know, people in our community, people that we knew coming together, having a cookout, because traditionally it's how Juneteenth is celebrated in Texas and in other, in the South, they have cookouts. The first Juneteenth was actually in 1866 and it was with a picnic or a cookout because we know that barbecue and cooking out was something that was brought over here by indigenous people and Africans. And so it's a freedom food. And so that's the way they celebrated it. Uh, eating red foods, red being resilience and meaning the blood, of, of Africans in the in the blood of the Middle Passage and the blood that was shed during slavery. So red is a big symbolic color in Juneteenth. And so I thought, well, wow, if we can do all these things, we can do picnics and we can do uh, car caravans and all these things in our town. Why not get it recognized as an official holiday in Oak Park? So I contacted our trustees and I said, well, how do we go about doing this? And they were very happy to help get that off the ground. And so now our town recognizes Juneteenth as an official holiday. And um, so, of course, that comes with flag raising. So we have a flag. We had our first annual flag raising uh, last weekend. And we have a parade. We So not only did they say, hey, Wanta, we'll back this thing. They were like, hey, Wanta, we'll not only support Juneteenth, but we'll support it financially. We'll support it, you know, not just in theory and with a proclamation, but we'll also back it with the same backing that we give the 4th of July. Wow. And so, yeah, we were offered the, um, the, the same parade route and all of that. And so wow. this year we have a float and there's a car caravan because we're still mindful of COVID. COVID is not gone. So we're staying in our cars and then we'll go to the park and there'll be a, a cookout as socially distanced and safe as we can possibly be. Sure. Wow. Blows me away. A community would, would do that. The trustees would do that. What, what does that mean to you when you say we get the financial backing as much as the 4th of July does? What does that mean to you? Well, it makes me feel seen as a, as a, a, a person of color, as a black woman. It means that my, my community recognizes the struggles of black people, recognizes what freedom means to us. It recognizes that freedom is important to, it shouldn't just be important to black people. It's important to all people. And if we value freedom, and if we say that we believe in this, then it's something that we should support wholeheartedly, not just with symbols and not just with proclamations and words. We should back it wholeheartedly. And in my community, I love, I love my community. I love Oak Park. We do that. We do the work. We do the work that a lot of communities do not do. Uh, we have the, the the difficult conversations. There's always a lot of media involved in our, you know, what our, our racial conflicts and our the things that we do in Oak Park because we're always trying to be on the forefront of anti-racist work. You know, not just that of um, integrated housing and you know things of that sort. We're always right there of having black people and white people and trying to make sure that we are setting an example for what we believe in, what we believe in. So it wasn't a surprise to me that it would be accepted. It was just a matter of someone saying, Hey, let's do it. That's, that's amazing. So, so it sounds like 
for you, at least Wanta, it's, it's not necessarily like, I wouldn't necessarily go to my town hall and say, let's do this. And they'll say, sure. It's doing the work leading up to that mm-hmm. kind of priming the pump, sowing the seeds, whatever you want to call it. So this is a payoff to all of that hard work. Right. And, you know, the sad thing is that what happened, what's been happening in our nation with George Floyd and so many other people being uh, murdered and it's all over social media has kind of made us look at ourselves, look at what we believe in, look at what we're doing wrong, look at what we can do differently. It's kind of it's it's made um, black people more prideful. It's made us like when I say prideful, I mean, like looking at ourselves and seeing the humanity in each other because we want to reflect that in our in our community in our in our in our government what we're saying is when we say things like uh you know when we're demanding that the police not kill us uh <laughs> what we're saying is see us as human right because that's one thing that i don't think that's that's the part that's missing mm-hmm. is to treat people how you yourself want to be treated and for and if people don't see you as equal, if they don't see you as human, it's easy. It's easy to do horrible stuff to mm-hmm. you. It's easy to deny deny you basic human rights. Yeah, yeah. We have to humanize the other air quotes because if we don't, yeah, you're you're not a person to me. I don't care, and that's not okay. Right. And I and I feel like hum, humanizing each other is conversations and stories, right? If I mm-hmm. hear your story, I'm gonna know that you're a person. And so if we can share those, so thank you for sharing yours to, to help do that. Um, I'd love to know, so, it, you know, th- th- is, this is growing in, in Oak Park, but I also see this around the country. I see this in social media. It's become a little more mainstream and known that, oh, Juneteenth is a holiday. It's a real thing. It's been going on forever in my mind um, for a very long time. It's become kind of mainstream now. How does that make you feel? Well, I'm happy about it. I think everyone should know about Juneteenth. I mean, it's an education. The education, Black, it's it's not just Black history. It's an American holiday, right? Because we're all saying that slavery bad, right? We're all saying that this was a horrible thing. So the ending of it, when our country is ending this horrible thing, this horrible, you know, terrible thing, we should all say yay and celebrate it. Not just Black people, but White people, Americans. Juneteenth is an American holiday. I can't say that enough. It's an American holiday that we should all celebrate. And there are so many other wonderful things that happened around Juneteenth. And I have documentation. So on June 19th in 1862, slavery was outlawed in U.S. territories by Congress with the President Lincoln Tiny and approving uh, the Emancipation Proclamation and to secure freedom for all persons within the territories of the United States. June 19th, 1863. Pennsylvania abolished uh, the society that, to enforce the Emancipation Order in June 19, 1863, orders to authorize the foundation of the United States Colored Troop. That was a group of colored soldiers, black soldiers. Uh, and June 19, 1865, General Gordon Granger delivered the General Order 3 in Galveston, Texas. And in June 19, 1964, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 survived an 83-day filibuster in the Senate, June 19, 1968, the Poor People's Campaign Solidarity Day March in Washington, D.C. So around this, this June 19th mark, all these wonderful things are happening for Black people in our country, for freedom and for liberation in our country. So June 19th seems like the, the perfect day to celebrate freedom. That's amazing. So over the years, June 19th has become again and again a celebration of our people of color, sisters and brothers. Absolutely. 
how so how can how can white America celebrate and and how can we look at it as celebration versus appropriation? You can't appropriate something that belongs to all of us. It's it's cultural. It's all of ours. Mm. It's not just doesn't just belong to us. Now you can appropriate Kwanzaa. I'd ask you not to, but you can you can't appropriate Juneteenth because it is an American holiday. So I think the true victory is when all people are celebrating Juneteenth in Oak Park. Last year, it was so beautiful because there were white people, there were black people, there were our Muslim brothers and sisters. Everyone was at this park. And even though we were during, it was during COVID. I mean, we were just so enthusiastic and happy and, you know, all just celebrating together in the park that day. We did our car caravan and we were supposed to disperse. But of course, we had to stick around and eat some uh, snow cones and have some red velvet cake. And we were very just happy together, just to be in community together. So it's for all of us. So if you want to put a Juneteenth flag in your front yard, it would not offend me. It would bring me so much happiness to see that. And I recognize that you are one person out of an entire community. Is that is that a feeling across the community of color in general, do you think? Is it, let's get this out there and celebrate and not be just a Black holiday, but an American holiday? Well, the push is to have it you know, to have it to be a national holiday. That's that's what we're pushing for. It's already in Illinois. It's already a day, a day off. So uh, what is his name? LaShawn Ford, I believe his name is. So there's been a lot of work, you know, pushing it through to become a, a um, recognized holiday in the state of Illinois where, you know, you all, we all get a day off. And if it doesn't fall on a Saturday or Sunday, it falls on the following Monday. So that's already done. So the push is to make this a national holiday. And so if it's a national holiday, I feel like we, we are all in this together. So we, we can get behind those pushes in our communities and our states to say, yes, do Absolutely. this. Absolutely. How do you see it? Like, What would be the ultimate celebration? And in addition to becoming a federal holiday and having it be a community-led celebration, what would be your ideal nod to Juneteenth across our country? Like, What's the best case scenario, do you think? The education for me is, is important. So I'm an early childhood education person. That's what my master's degree is in early childhood education. And I'm the multicultural learning coordinator of the Oak Park Public Library. But before I was any of that, I was teaching Juneteenth and teaching pro-African, pro-Black values to children of all different colors in my community. So I think the goal would be is if we taught these things in our school and we started to teach Juneteenth and if we stopped being afraid of examining our history, the history of slavery in our country. Stop running away from it, start teaching it, start pulling back that scab, you know, because that's the only way to heal. Mm. You can't heal if you're just, you know, covering something up. Let the air hit it, let's talk about it, you know? And uh, I think it starts with with children. Children, they understand a lot more than we think they do. And so if we don't get their minds right, as kids, then there'll be some confused adults out here still having the same prejudices and biases that we have. You know, mm-hmm. it's been 200, our country's 246 years old, and we're still having this uh, debates on racism and racial equity. So in, in order to squash that and smash that is to just teach our kids, teach them anti-racism work, teach them, you know, how to be global citizens, teach them how to be respectful, teach them tolerance. And I think having those conversations with children, I mean, that's the victory. Mm -hmm. So this push right now to 
dismantle the 1619 educational process and, and go to this, the 1776 pro-white patriotism has got to just rub you just it's oh my gosh so frustrating i would imagine yeah because the erasure the erasure of history is to just make it in favor of what you can't just erase my history and say these things didn't happen Mm -hmm. and no other culture do we um expect that to happen we don't we dare not tell jews forget about the holocaust heck we dare not tell new yorkers to forget about 9-11 we're the only people that we'll say, oh, the slavery is just something that happened. Forget about it. Pull yourself up from your bootstraps. That's what we tell Black people. Oh, you weren't slaves. I hear this so much. You weren't a slave. Do you know any slave? I wasn't a master. So let's just get past that. And yet you want to keep your monuments to Robert E. Lee. And yet you want to keep your Confederate flags up. You don't want, unless you want to keep singing the American anthem, which refers to slavery in it. So in the original, in the original song. So we want to, we understand that symbols are important. We understand what symbols mean, but we want to keep those things. But the bad part, we don't want to look at. We got to accept all of it. If we're going to, you know, if we're going to get past it, we've got to look at it. We've got to examine it. We've got to not repeat it. And we've got to stop teaching hate. That's the big thing. Stop teaching hate. Yes, ma'am. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. So we can be a beautiful country, but have a flawed history and, and move forward. Yeah. We are American. I mean, black people, we are Americans, too. And that's that's the point. So when we look at um, so there are two flags I wanted to talk about also. So there's a Juneteenth flag and there's a Pan-African flag. And you'll probably see both of those flags waving on Juneteenth. And so the Juneteenth flag is red, white and blue because it's a reminder that we are this holidays is American. These people were American. It's intentional. It's meant to show that, that, you know, the formerly enslaved and their descendants are free Americans. And then there's the arc, the horizon. It means that there are fresh opportunities and promising futures for Black Americans. And then there's the star. Not only is it a nod to the Lone Star State of Texas, uh, where Juneteenth was first celebrated, but it also stands for freedom of every Black American in all 50 states. And then there's the burst or the nova around the star. And that outline surrounding the star is meant to reflect uh, what represents a new beginning for everyone. So that's the Juneteenth flag. And then there is the Pan-African flag or um, the red, black, and green flag that most people know of, or what they call the, 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 Garb, the Marcus Garvey flag. And so there's the red, and we know that means, again, that refers to the blood of the people, the Middle Passage and slavery that was spilled and the resilience of Black people. So that represents the red. Then there's the black, which represents the skin of the people, the black people. And then there's the green, which represents the the, the homeland of Africa or the or the um, the land that we were taken from, or any because we were taken from many different lands. So that's the Pan African flag. So Marcus Garvey re- recognized that black folk needed to have a flag to unite under if we are to be a nation and recognize. So all of the culture of of the enslaved people was was taken from them. So they could not tell you, and that was intentional. We were stripped of our languages, original languages, our religions, our everything, our history. And that is how you successfully oppress someone is that you take, you rob them of everything that they were. Mm-hmm. And so they just think that they're nothing. And so he said that we, we need a flag. We need a flag that, that lets us know that we are a part of this, that we are a nation of people. And so those Two flags, we just flew, uh, we had a flag raising on Saturday and those two flags are, are flown 
in our uh, village hall. Mm. And so I'm always conscious of this as, as a white American, the Juneteenth flag, definitely get it, fly it, be proud of it. It's a, it's a national thing. It's, it's our heritage. We need to do this all together. The Pan-African flag, would that be more? It's not, that's not flag. my flag. Okay. <laughs> Want to make sure, right? Okay. Now, you know, if I put up signs like "Black Lives Matter," this kind of thing. I'm an ally, whatever. But I'm not flying the Pan African flag. Okay. Want right. to make sure. Um, good to know. But the Juneteenth flag, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm ordering one today. Hopefully, get here before for it this year. If not, I'll fly it next year and I'll keep flying it. Absolutely. So, what what haven't I asked that you'd want any American to know? Again, whether. You know, I think about it this way, Wanta. I th- I thought of Juneteenth as a black holiday. I love your perspective on this is our holiday. This is an American holiday. We need to all celebrate it. So thank you for that perspective change, that mind shift, that mindset shift. So with that said, and, and also knowing that we had a, a previous conversation where you said, you know, lots of black folks who didn't even know that it was a thing. Oh, absolutely. So for anybody listening who didn't know what it was, what do you want to make sure that we know walking away from this? Oh, one thing I'd like people to know is that, okay, so Juneteenth is a, is a holiday that celebrates the emancipation of enslaved Africans. Also. People think that Juneteenth is just for Texans, right? Like it's just a Texas holiday because we know that Major General Gordon Granger went and he rode into Galveston, Texas, and you saw like 200,000, 250,000 slaves, enslaved people that were still enslaved. And he's like, hey, what's happening here? You know, this is supposed to have ended. And so he, um, he stood up and he gave this proclamation that, you know, everyone is free. And I had the proclamation with me, but what I want people to know is they actually, there were more than just Texas enslaved people from Texas in that 250,000 headcount. That 150,000 enslaved people were brought to Texas during the war because people thought that they actually were going to win the war and that, that when the war was over, they would come back to reclaim their property and then property being the black people that were they enslaved. And so, and they were, they were there from Mississippi. They were there from New Orleans. There were enslaved people from other states in Texas. And so that was like chilling for me that the first thing that they did was to find family and to, you know, when people are like, well, what do you think they, they, they did once they were freed? They went and looked for family. They prayed and they prayed and they looked for family and it wasn't easy so when Gordon Granger came and he said, you guys are now free or whatever, you know, he spread the news. And there were lynchings. It was bloody. People were, they didn't just say, okay, let me pack you a bag with some snacks and you just get on the road. No, people, people they wanted to hold on. These slave owners wanted to hold on to these people. And one of the things they say that uh, what took so long for word to reach these people was they wanted to get another crop out of them. They wanted to make sure that they had one final crop before they share the news. Just know that these people were not just Texans, that these people were from all over mm-hmm. and they had the fine family. So the Black family reunion uh, became something that we always do. You always hear about the Black family reunion in every summer because family is so important. So although our nation is 246 years old, then we have slavery, you know, we're disrupted by slavery and then we have a civil rights movement so we're really new when it comes to when it comes to equity, equality, and having all the rights of other Americans. So this is all kind of new to us. And so it's easy to forget for my generation and for you know future generations after me, because we didn't pay the price of this freedom. You know, our our parents did, you know, our grandparents did. And if you're not working directly, if you're not connected to the history, it's easy to forget. 
Absolutely. It's where we get our, um, what's her name? I'm not going to even bring her name up. <laughs> it's where we get some folks thinking that, you know, that we're all comfortable. Don't get too comfortable. Yeah. So I looked up, is this the proclamation where he says, the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves. And the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. So basically you're free, but get to work. Ain't that about a blimp? Like, yeah, right. And do it quietly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do it quietly. Uh, don't, don't, don't raise a uh, ruckus. You stay where you are and they're going to pay you a, an honest wage. Yeah, right. It's, it's so funny because when I, I don't know if it's funny is the right word, Wanta. I don't know. It's so, I don't know, wild to me. You think that this would be a proclamation of like, wait, y'all are holding slave enslaved people still let them go. Right. Instead it's right. Oh, by the way, you're all free, but just stay and work and we'll figure out a way to pay you later. Like we still want to keep and keep and keep. Exactly. Oh, the flawed history of America. Anyway, And even then, like it was just like slavery hadn't ended fully yet, even then, because in so June 14, 1866, that's when slavery ends in the Oklahoma territory. So slavery hadn't ended for all of America yet. (laughs) So it was just in in those places that were close to Union states, those people freed themselves Mm -hmm. because they had already heard news. So they had already, you know, left and and paid the toll. And, you know, they've been lynched and and beaten and they kind of had to take that walk and journey on their own. Nobody ensured the freedom of these people. There was no one saying, Get your things. The police weren't outside saying, get your things. We'll escort you. No. So it's that's a, a horrible, a horrible history. It's like, yeah, you're free, but we're not going to protect you. And we don't have an answer for what happens next. And that's and that makes me think of that's the whole point of talking about reparations, talking about true equity, generational wealth. It wasn't you're free. Here's your land that you can have. What It was you're free. Good luck. And then. Like Wanta, you mentioned the police weren't out there helping them find their way out of slavery. What they were doing is chasing after them to get them back. Like the police were on the opposite side. It's yeah. There's, there's a whole lot. And I, and I, I absolutely agree with you. We need to talk about those things and get them into our schools. And we cannot dismantle this idea that we need to talk about slavery and what it really, what it truly meant. Well, thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you for welcoming me to this conversation and being a part of it. Any last words of wisdom on Juneteenth? Well, if you want to share Juneteenth with your children, there's a book called Juneteenth, the children's story. It's written by Opal Lee. And one of my favorites is uh, Juneteenth for Maisie, written by Floyd Cooper. Not only is it a good education for your children, it's a good education for adults, especially the Juneteenth, the children's story, because in the back of it, it has a teacher's guide to parent notes. Oh. It's how you talk to your children about these things. And isn't Juneteenth just about Texas? And why should June 19th be a national holiday? And it lists, does it matter what day freedom is celebrated on? And, you know, other things to study and people to study. So then you can talk about freedom and then you get into Frederick Douglass and Nat Turner, Harriet Tubman, and all these other wonderful African-American leaders. Mm -hmm. So opening up those conversations, because it's not enough for Black children to know their history. White children have to know it too in order to respect them as humans. We just got to respect each other. Uh, I love how you said that. One more thing. Yeah, please. Yeah, absolutely. 
<laughs> so we talk about ancestors, like a big part of um, African-American celebrations and African celebrations is this respect we give to our ancestors. Before we start a program, we start off by recognizing our ancestors, saying their names and names, because we invite them into our space. And I was watching this program called In My Mother's Garden, and there was this woman on there, and she said, white folks, they praise their ancestors too. They just do it differently to us. So every time you have Lincoln's birthday off, you're, you're, you're praising someone else's ancestors. If you're not representing yours and, and, and paying homage to yours and remembering your ancestors, you'll be doing it for somebody else's ancestors. So the whole point is to die and to, is to be forgotten. Mm. And we don't want to forget our ancestors and we don't want to forget the truth because that's the true death. We don't want to cover it up. Have those hard conversations, you know, remember our ancestors because these are all of our ancestors and, and let's build, let's build together. I love it. I'm so glad we had a chance to talk and, and for you to teach me. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, Thanks for being a part of my America. Thank you for having me. And we're back. Thank you so much listeners uh, for taking time to listen to my conversation with Awanta. Kim, uh, again, we don't need a, like a huge long close here, but thank you so much for uh, allowing me, for trusting me on this with our show. We'll have to do some more interviews, I think, and then maybe have both of us on, or maybe you can do yeah. some and I'll sit back and do nothing. I don't know. I'm like pretty you, busy. Like you did nothing. something. I already moved it twice, so I can't move it again. Otherwise, it's rude, but uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do more interviews. I The interviews yeah. have been very cool. That's something that it's been yeah. very fun to do and, and meet new people. And like I said, even though I wasn't able to be there for Wanta's interview, um, I just love being introduced to this new voice. She's like a powerhouse. She reminds me a lot of I volunteered um, to get the vote out in 2020, obviously for Biden. Duh. Um, and uh, it was this program where you adopted a state and um, you would get onto these calls and do lessons about how to get out the vote and all this kind of stuff. And they would bring on different guests to talk about getting out the vote. And I volunteered for a couple different states. So I don't remember if this was for the program at large or one of the states I volunteered for, but they brought on a woman on two different occasions who similar to Wanta, just like, I just left feeling like I could do anything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it was a, with want of very educational, but also just so empowering because look at what she's done. And uh, it's just motivating to see somebody who obviously this is something that was very important to her. And she really took the reins um, for herself as a young person in college and, and took in all this new, ex- these new experiences and new um, things that she had just not been exposed to yet before she went away to college. And then, to do it and then look at what she's done is very, very inspiring and motivating. Yeah. But that was another interesting thing for, for me, you know, again, going back to, I, I always thought of this as like, this is a, a holiday that, you know, f- freed slaves and their ancestors celebrate. So it's a black holiday. So every, every black person knows about it and how she described the fact that the black community doesn't necessarily know about it or why it's important or the things about it, you know? Um, so for me, so for all of us Americans who don't know about it, it's, again, it's embarrassing and unfortunate. And our educational system needs to be better about teaching the real history, not the whitewash history. Mm-hmm. And then our families need to be able to talk about it. You know, my family, we're all white, uh, very Western European. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and so for us to be able to talk about this, I think is really important. You know, it's up to me to teach mm-hmm. my children the next generation what our history really is. And, and, and again, not to like, not to be ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed that I'm white, but I'm ashamed of the atrocities 
Sure. Yeah, of course. Right. And I want to make yeah. it better. And I want to acknowledge that. And I want to move forward. And so uh, move forward with honor and dignity, not just move forward with burying it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, because you so, can't, yeah. like she said, you need to um, shed a light on it. Otherwise you're not going to be able to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Love that. Wanta, thank you so much for being a part of my America. Um, hopefully she's listening and enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> I hope so too. Right? Um, I hope so too. So appreciate her making the time and being so generous. Uh, if you have questions or thoughts or want to share something, you can hit us up on social media at my America pod on Instagram and Twitter or my America pod at gmail.com. Um, I'm at Dan Moyle on the socials. So there you go. I'm at Kim Moffat. Does Wanta have social? Uh, she does. She's on Facebook. Um, I, she was very kind and friended me on Facebook, uh, so that we could have a conversation in messenger. Um, but I'm not sure about all the other ones. We'll have to look and if there are, it'll be in the show notes. Yeah. There you go. I'm not a, I'm not a good host producer. I did not prepare for that question, Kim. Why did you just make me look like a dumb dumb? Sorry. I mean, this next, is the time, realness. next time don't mess it up. And I won't I'll, have to. I'll try. <laughs> I can't guarantee anything. No, no. Um, look, go to the show notes. Um, if she has social media, they will be there. We'll also plug her social media on our social media. So we'll try and make it as easy for you as possible. And that's yeah. uh, a bonus plug. Now there's a reason to go to our social media. 100%. Excellent. That's my America. We will see you. Well, we'll hear you. No, you'll hear us. No, there you next go. Next time. You'll get there eventually, you guys. We're working on it. Uh, we're doing our best. <laughs> Some of us aren't. I know. <laughs>